Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. all had the same gift, we, we wouldn't be necessary. I mean, you know, there'd only be one of us necessary. So that's why the need is there for a variety of gifts. There are, as he says there, there is a diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit, the same Lord, the same God who works all in all for the profit of all. Let's not forget that as we go through this. Each person is an essential part of the body of Christ. Why is this so? This is because God created believers with a diversity of abilities for a variety of ministries. If everyone had the same capabilities and pursued the identical gifts, we wouldn't all be necessary. Today, Pastor David gives excellent teaching on the value of having spiritual gifts that are created in us by God and grown through the work of the Holy Spirit. Remember, your gifts draw people to God and bring Him glory. Now here's Pastor David with part one of today's message entitled, The Gifts of the Holy Spirit, Part 2. We are continuing in our study in 1 Corinthians on actually the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. I invite you to turn there. It, the, the progress is slow because I'm wanting to go through and work on each one of these gifts in, in a way that, again, they, they become understandable. They become uh, to a point where you, you see, you understand what they are or what they're not. And so as we're going on, we understand as we get into this, Paul's instruction to the whole subject is actually found up in verses 4 and 6 when he says that there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Now, we can't neglect the fact that not everyone has or should have, really, the same gift. The fact is, is the the diversity of the gifts that are ours in Christ, it's because of the diversity of the needs that are within the, not only a specific situation we might find ourselves, but the needs that are within the church. As I shared with you, I think, a couple of weeks ago, if we all had the same gift, 
we, we wouldn't be necessary. I mean, you know, there'd only be one of us necessary. So that's why the need is there for a variety of gifts. There are, as he says there, there is a diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit, the same Lord, the same God who works all in all for the profit of all. Let's not forget that as we go through this. The need for each one of these gifts, each one of them are important. And really, though we will talk about uh, the importance of one over another, the, the need for all of them is still there. Thus far, as we've gone through this study in 1 Corinthians, and in particular this study here in chapter 12, we've covered a few of the gifts. We've covered the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gift of faith, and the gifts of healing. Pretty much, these gifts here, they're, they're pretty much without too much controversy, okay? There's not too many distractors in these particular gifts themselves. There is, however, a whole lot of variance as far as the interpretation of these gifts. There's some commentators, some scholars, actually, that want to take away all of the supernatural aspects of any of the gifts. And yet, if they're not supernatural gifts, if they're not supernatural in their very core and in their very essence, then why are they the gifts of the Holy Spirit? They are gifts of the Holy Spirit because they are supernatural. If they weren't supernatural, maybe they would simply be perhaps the gifts of my gene pool, okay? You know, there's a lot of Landry's that can speak loud for a long time, so maybe that's what I've got. It's just simply the gift of my gene pool. Or maybe it's the gift of my academic excellence. You see, because I've got multiple letters behind my name because of all the degrees that I have and and multiple titles in front of my name because of all the placement and the titles that I have, well, that's why I'm able to do because I've gone to school like forever and ever not. But uh, some might be able to say that. If it's not supernatural gift, maybe it's a gift of academic excellence. Or maybe it's simply a gift of my personality, you know, I, my own personality, I'm just a naturally positive kind of a guy and positive thinking, why well, some people call it faith, but I, I know it's just positive thinking and, you know, that, that just comes naturally to me. It's not really a supernatural gift, it's my own positive personality. Or maybe it's, uh, the gift is actually the gift of my own talent, my own ta- uh, training, my own expertise, It'd be like saying, you know, that surgeon, he is probably the most hedonistic pagan guy that I know, but he has the gift of healing. I don't think so. He may be a really good surgeon, but if he is not a child of God, he does not have the gift of healing. He may, able to do, he may be able to do the right thing at the right time but it is not a supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit. No, the gifts of the Spirit are supernatural manifestations of the Holy Spirit of God. And we've got to keep remembering that because too much in, within the church, way, way too much teaching and direction is going to make these gifts of the Spirit much, much less than what they truly, truly are. With that in mind, Let's look at the next five gifts listed here in 1 Corinthians, beginning in verse 10. 
He says in verse 10, to the other, there's the working of miracles. To another, there's prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, differing kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. Now, bearing in mind, again, that these gifts of the Holy Spirit are supernatural manifestations, then that really helps us to be able to understand these gifts and and how they're working. The first one that we see on that list there, it's the the working of miracles. Is it pulling a rabbit out of the hat? Is that what he's talking about? No, that's not what we're talking about at all. It's not the ability to do magic tricks. It's the unexplainable for the natural realm. It differs from the gift of healings. This gift moves way beyond dealing with the personal sicknesses or diseases, and yet it may very well touch the well-being of, of an individual. In connection with the gift of healings, this gift also is listed in the plural, with the best interpretation being literally the, the workings of miracles. These gifts, again, various in scope, various in how they were used, as in many of the gifts. Their usage, well, as in all of the gifts, actually, their usage wasn't up to the individual's desire. These gifts are not up to the individual. They're not up to their direction at all. It is the Spirit's unction. It's the work of the Holy Spirit within that individual's life. Uh, one Bible commentator by the name of Lenski, he reminds us that it was fully up to the move and the direction of and from the Spirit that the act or the action of any particular gift can be performed. And not until that moment did it occur. But then it always took place without fail. Now what he's saying about that is it's not until the Spirit moves. It's, we, we may come into a place and say, man, I could really use the, the gift of this or that right now. Well, if the Holy Spirit is not moving in or that direction for that gift, it's not that you just suddenly pull it out like a rabbit out of the hat and suddenly you're able to use it. No, this is the work. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. He imparts it as he sees fit. Take, for instance, you remember in the book of Acts, the story uh, that we read or the event reading in, in Peter and John as they were going to the temple. Well, they went to the temple daily. And on one particular occasion there in Acts chapter 3, they saw this lame man. That lame man had been there every day. Think about this for a moment. They walked by this guy in the past. They've walked by him. Whatever they, you know, if they walk by and say, bless you, brother, or if they walk by and threw a few coins in his cup, or if they walk by engrossed in conversation, didn't even seem, there's no doubt that this lame man had been there before, but it was at this one point, at that one morning, that the Holy Spirit, again, moved in the life of Peter and John, that they looked earnestly at that beggar on that particular day. And they spoke those words that brought healing to that man. Think of the case of the demon-possessed girl in the book of Acts. The one that ran behind Paul there as he was in Philippi. And and she would keep proclaiming, these men are are great prophets of the Lord. She she would make great declarations. But she was demon-possessed. And Paul did not need that kind of a public relations person. And so finally, after a while... Many days she had cried, and Paul didn't do a thing. 
Then Paul suddenly turned around and with his words, he healed her by the exercising of that demon, a work of miracle, not a physical healing, but a spiritual healing that took place in the removing of that demon. And again, I believe that he received that direction. He received that leading of the Holy Spirit that that day, that time it was to do that. The third plain case is what we see Peter uh, uh, there at uh, Joppa there and Dorcas. Dorcas had died. They went in and all the women were weeping. And she was also called Tabitha. They showed him all of the things that she had made. And so he went in, he cleaned the room out. And it says that the first thing that he did was knelt beside her and prayed. I believe that he was seeking the Lord's direction. What shall I do? What can I do at this point in time? And then the Holy Spirit led him to speak into her life. Dorcas came back to life. I think that we can pretty well conclude that in every case, everything from healing of sicknesses to the working of miracles that we see all throughout all the biblical narratives, again, It's not the the move of the individual as much as it is and has to be the move of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has to initiate that kind of a thing. Does that in the New Testament, and I believe that he's still doing that today. In each instance, the gift or the working is bestowed by, again, that, that message from above. The Holy Spirit's moving in that individual's life. And without that kind of a direction, I don't think even the apostles attempted to perform a miracle. I believe that they were so led by the Spirit of God, if they saw someone who was lame, someone in in a situation, perhaps they were demon-possessed, whatever the situation might be, they may have prayed. The Spirit did move on them to speak into that person's life, and so they kept going because they were led by the Spirit. Throughout the New Testament, we see the casting out of demons, we see the, the, where Jesus fed the multitudes. We see occasion of, of raising people from the dead. We see calming of the, the stormy seas. We see the causing of other supernatural occurrences that continue to take place. All of these are that working of miracles, that gift of the Spirit. In Mark chapter 16, Jesus declared that the very signs, the very things that he was doing during his earthly ministry that was going to take place within the lives of those who were his followers. In Mark 16, we read Jesus saying, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover until the New Testament is completely written and people have a copy of it in their hands. That's not what it says, is it? He just says, this is going to take place. Well, when does that end, Jesus? Jesus doesn't give an end time for that. And we're going to look at that a little bit later as we get into the study tonight. Another incidence of the uh, working of miracles found in, in Acts chapter 13. You could turn there with me, if you would. Acts chapter 13. I love this story. I love the power of this story. And I love, again, the strength of the Holy Spirit that's working here in in the lives of Barnabas and Saul, also called Paul, as they're sharing, as they're testifying of the Lord. And God leads them to speak against a man that's there. 
in Acts chapter 13, beginning in verse 6. Now, when they had gone through the island of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a, a Jew uh, whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus. Uh, he was an intelligent man, and this man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the, the sorcerer, because he's also named that, translated, he withstood them, and he, he was seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. And then Saul, who is also called Paul, and then what does it say there, church? Filled with the Holy Spirit. There was an unctioning of the Holy Spirit. There was a move of the Holy Spirit in Paul's life. I wonder if that unction hadn't happened, if Paul would have just kept trying to speak to the proconsul while Elamus continued to be a distraction and nothing would have ever really taken place. Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, O fool of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you. You shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And guess what? Immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. That is a working of a miracle at that point in time. But even the greater miracle took place because of that miracle. And we see this in verse 12. It says, Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teachings of the Lord. This is something that I've shared with at the beginning of this series on the gifts. The primary reason and purpose of them is, is to point people to Jesus is to bring people to the understanding and knowledge of the greatness of who God is, the power that works within him, and the desire that he has to work in and among people. The gifts are not an end to themselves. The gifts are to bring people, either bring people to Jesus or to encourage those who are already in Jesus as these gifts are used and worked in a real and true Holy Spirit-inspired, supernatural way. Now, that word that's translated as workings, or for the workings of miracles, it's the Greek word energoma. Now, energoma, that's where we get our word energy from. And it's found actually only twice in the entire New Testament. And both of them are found here in 1 Corinthians. Back in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, up in verse 6, we read there are diversities of energoma, of activities. There are diversities of energoma, but it's the same God who works all in all. And then the other time is down in verse 10. To another, the energoma or the working of miracles. It's interesting to note that, that, that Paul speaks of healing as a gift, the, the charisma of healing. And yet he uses energma to designate these acts of the miracles. And I believe it's the working of miracles where, where events, those are the events that show literally the power of God in action in a really special, not just a special way, but a very special supernatural way to where it can't be explained any other way, that it is God that's working. The next gift that we're going to look at, it's 
at best, it's misunderstood by people. It's also claimed to be pretty controversial by others. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, Paul adds the next gift. He says, to another, the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy. So what is and what is not the gift of prophecy? Well, I believe in November of 2016 that so-and-so is going to be elected for president. No, that's not what the gift of prophecy is. We're going to look at it this evening. In answer to that very question, there's a wide variety of conclusions and, and ideas and thoughts of what prophecy is and also what it's not. Before we move too far into the opinions, though, of, of modern man and the theologians of today, and as I've shared with you many times, commentators, uh, as they speak about that, you've got to remember, commentators, what are they? They're just commentators. They're not special taters at all. They're just commentators. So again, we take their word, we, we balance it with Scripture. Is it real, true? Can we really trust it? Well, before we get into that, it's really important for us to consider again what Paul has to say about this gift. And here in the context of the study, we find out that as far as the gift of prophecy Paul deems that it's one of, if not the most important gift. Think about that for a moment. Paul himself, as he's listing these. Look with me, if you would, 1 Corinthians, flip over to chapter 14. Chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. What does Paul say there in chapter 14, beginning in verse 1? He says, pursue love. Desire spiritual gifts, but what? Especially that you may prophesy. Well, Paul is saying right there. He says in verse, down in verse three, he says, he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. So what is prophecy? Well, it's edification. It's exhortation and it's words of comfort to men. He who prophesies edifies the church. What is prophecy? What does it do? Well, it edifies the church. It builds up. It strengthens the church. Paul lets us know right here. Now, Paul, in verse 5, he says, I wish you all spoke with tongues. Now, that's going to be an interesting one, particularly depending upon your background. But he says, but even more, I wish that you all prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues. So we see right here, prophecy is a gift that excels all the others. We all ought to desire to have that. Well, pastor, I thought only pastors and teachers had that gift of prophecy. No. I, I, I may be put in a place or a position or an office of being a pastor, there may be those who have the, the gift of teaching and they're in the place and the position of teaching, but that doesn't mean that God cannot give you the gift of prophecy at a time and at a place where it needs to be used to where you can speak, the, uh, again, the truths of God's word. 
that you can speak out the truth, what God's direction and plan and purpose is. Now, we can look at that, man, and we say, man, I, I don't know what got over me. I was, I was talking to a friend of mine. I was praying, Lord, I don't have anything to say, but I really want to share about you. And then all of a sudden, man, you start getting words, and it begins flowing. Is that you? Is that because you had all the training, because you went to all the classes? Or is that the work of the Holy Spirit using the gift of prophecy? Yes, even in little old you, that God can and will do that. We're so glad you joined us today on The Open Word for Pastor David Landry's verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter teaching through the book of 1 Corinthians. You can find more messages from Pastor David and information about The Open Word by visiting our website, theopenword.com. If you're looking for a home church and are in the Casa Grande area, why not join us for a time of worship and Bible study? Calvary Chapel Casa Grande has services each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. on Wednesdays and Saturdays. You can find location information and directions by going to theopenword.com and following the links to the church homepage. Now here's Pastor David with some information on how you can help support the ministry of The Open Word. Hey, I love being able to share the Word of God with you through this radio ministry. Radio programs like The Open Word are wonderful tools that God uses to advance His kingdom here on earth. But as with any ministry, there are expenses. I know God is blessing His children through The Open Word, And God has given us a vision to see this ministry expand and reach even further. Would you prayerfully consider financially supporting The Open Word? Log on to theopenword.com and simply click on the support option to help us continue to grow. Thanks, Pastor David. That's all the time we have for today. But join us again as we continue digging deeper into the book of 1 Corinthians, right here on The Open Word.